Welcome everybody. Nice to see you today. Um, I just want to kind of teach on like creating a prophetic culture. I know we use that word uh, a lot in the in this church. And um, about a month and a half to two months ago or more, Vanessa did a closing prayer where we were at Red Gate, and she said, "This is a prophetic church." And I thought I understood what that meant at the time. I thought, well, it's just people getting dreams and visions and kind of just understanding the spiritual realm and how God sees things and all that. But it's so much more of that. And from my understanding is that we are a church that carry God's heart. And that's what I think about when I think about the prophetic. I think about the word prophetic could actually mean mainly two things. It's to foretell, which is things are going to happen in the future. When people begin to prophesy, they begin to prophesy. Sometimes it's not this week, it's not next week, it's a year from now, maybe five to ten years from now. Um, God timing is kind of a little different, but that word is released and that word shall accomplish what it cut out to do. The next thing is a prophecy is, um, it is, is not only foretelling, but, but it's bringing forth the future, meaning that I can release a word to you right now and that could impact you so much that it awakens you into your destiny that begins to change the course of your life immediately. And, and we're going to talk about somebody in the Bible that Jesus Christ did that to. And so as I, as I begin to look at the life of Jesus, I just begin to see how he naturally did this. He didn't, he didn't do it like in a church setting. I mean, Jesus, Jesus did about 85 to 90% of his ministry on the streets. If you read it, a lot of times he would speak and he would teach in the synagogue. And as he was leaving, they would address him. The religious people would address him. And he would begin to heal people in front of them. He would be healing people as he went to and through the village. He would be crossing the Galilean Sea. He would be casting out demons. People, you know, it's, it's just a natural thing. And if we're going to be believers and followers of Jesus, we should operate supernaturally naturally as well as we carry the Father's heart. And so that's where my heart is for this church. And I've never really taught on prophecy before, you know, but I'm learning. And so give me a lot of grace, okay? So um, the first scripture that comes to mind, if you have your, your little notes in your, in, your, in, your, in your phone or your notepad, we have about four main texts this week, um, this Tuesday, and it could probably help you as you study them during the week. And so the first one is in Colossians. It's in the New Testament. It's a small book. Let me find it. Colossians. Um, it's page 929. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> me and Dorothy does that to each other. Come, you got to see Bible, right? I can't do that to you. But Colossians chapter 1, um, verse 15. So uh, if you need more light, let me know. Say, say I need more light. Okay, put on the lights right there, Uncle Richard. Thank you so much. Give it up for Richard. Where would I be without Richard? Oh, my gosh. This brother, he's strong in the prophetic because he saw me in my, in my Holy Ghost style when I was my dirty style. So I thank you, Richard, for always seeing Jesus inside of me. So first Col uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says this. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. Some of your um, translation might say he might be the image of the invisible God, right? And so Jesus Christ is perfect theology. And so when I say Jesus Christ is perfect theology, what I literally mean is that if we look to the life of Jesus, we'll see the imprint of God. We'll see God the Father. In fact, in John 14, if you want to go there, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the last um, gospel, John 14, verse 9, I believe, one of his disciples, Philip, he's telling them that he's leaving. And um, he, he asked Jesus, show me the Father. In verse 8, Philip spoke up and he said, 
John 14 verse 8 says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be all that we need. Show me the Father, Jesus. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time, bro. I've been with you for three years at this time, almost three and a half years. And you still don't know who I am, he says. How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. And so when you see Jesus, when you I want you when you begin to read your word, um, forget about right now to get caught up in doctrine. Forget about trying to get caught up in eschatology. Because whether we get raptured or we don't get raptured, you need Jesus. Amen? Just look at the life of Jesus. Begin to look at Him. How He talked with people. How He faced opposition. How He forgave people. How He called out people destiny. And then you just say the simple prayer on a daily basis. Lord, I want to copy that. I want to do that. When somebody comes and somebody doesn't look that they're having a good day, give me a word to release to them. That's what, that's what prophet says, spiritual encouragement. And every one of us have encouraged one person or the other. Um, Amadeo, he's encouraging me through WhatsApp these days. He'll send me a text message and say, Felix, I was meditating on this scripture. And sometimes I don't get to read it right away, but a couple days later and I read it, it encourages me and I respond vice versa. It only takes a kind word. And you could send a kind word. If you don't have nothing good to say, then hush up and just buy them groceries or do something tangible to show them the love of God. But every one of us could prophesy. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says that, um, in the beginning of that chapter, it says pretty much that when we speak in a tongue, we're speaking to God. So sometimes when people speak in tongues, like on Sunday, I spoke in tongues for like five minutes here. And I just had to do it because... I have to bring the church into that revelation that the tongues is not a bad thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a, um, it's a part of God. It's a part of what the Holy Spirit has given to us. And it's part of our personal edification. And not everybody that is baptized with the Holy Spirit actually um, speak in tongues. But it's one of the signs, right? And it does something. It's our prayer language. It's, it bypasses our brain. It gives us peace. So sometimes before I go and counsel people or when I have to deal with conflict in a, lead, in a, in a discussion, a decision, I just be driving, I just be I just begin to, begin to do that, right? And in my car, as soon as I finish doing that, there's a peace that comes. There's like a, like a supernatural strategy that comes. And I continue to operate in that. So I did that on Sunday. And then uh, Richard told me they had some kids, you know, it was like a question. Was like, that's cool. Because the Bible tells us that when we speak in tongues, some people don't understand. But when we prophesy, he says, even the unbelievers that come into place will know that God was there. And so he says, eagerly to prophesy. Because prophecy awakens the God destiny in every one of us. Amen? And so I want to give you a practical um, kind of step by step by how Christ did that to someone. Now, every one of us know this guy named Zacchaeus, right? Everybody knows Zacchaeus. Turn to Luke chapter 19, and if you don't know Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is a cool dude. Um, Luke chapter 19, it's from verse 1 to 10, is that interaction with Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I'm going to read the passing translation. It's like a little devotional type of um, translation, similar to like the message or the amplified. It kind of stretches it. But it really gives us a big perspective. So just follow along. I'm going to read from verse 1 to about 10. It says, In the city of Jericho, so that's a location, that's a, that place really exists, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus. Very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who was the supervisor over all the tax collectors. So he's a boss, and he's very wealthy. And he's very wealthy over a group of people that collect taxes for Rome. But they were Jews. 
And so Jews didn't like them because they would tax. If you, if you need to pay 10%, for example, they would tax you like 16%. They would take about 2% for themselves, and they would give Zacchaeus another 4%. And this is what happened um, in, this, in this arena. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager, eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Listen, if we carry in Jesus, people are going to want to be around us. If we carry in Jesus, P, people are going to want to be around us. Because there's love inside of us. And love awakens the, the destiny of God's people. So when I was talking to a friend of mine, Patrick, who is coming here next month and do a healing conference with me, I said, Patrick, we need, before we try to do this stuff, every one of us could pray for the sick and they recover. Every one of us could prophesy. Before we do all of that stuff, we need to learn how to carry God's heart. And we, when we carry God's heart, yes. then we can prophesy easy. Amen. Then we can pray for people easy. Then we can preach easy. But if we don't carry his heart, we can't reflect him. We can't reflect him. All right? And so Zacchaeus, so he said he kept trying to get a close look at Jesus, but there was a massive crowd around him. Zacchaeus was very short. Sorry, guys. And the short people in the house, don't raise your hand. I'm not going to pick up my wife, Dorothy. She's not here. Zacchaeus was very short. A short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to the place, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down now, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. That must be an awesome experience, coming face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained. Look at this. Of all the people to have dinner with, with he's going to eat at the house of a crook. Oh my God, you can just see the religious people, the people that give Jesus tithes and offerings and probably been following him from Pecurnium, Capernaum to Philippi. They probably followed him and all they got was a stone throw away. And now Jesus looks in the tree, sees this man, Sees his task skeleton and says, okay, I, I'm going to come and chill with you today. What favor Zacchaeus found in the eyes of Jesus. But let's continue the interaction. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Jesus is gracious. When we carry his spirit, we become gracious. We become compassionate. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I've cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you Amen. and your household. For you are true son of Abraham. This is the prophetic. This is what God is doing in Zacchaeus. Now he's changing him. He's changing his perspective about himself. He says, you are true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who was lost. Now, would we agree that Jesus Christ knows everything? Would we agree that Jesus Christ knew that this was a thief? Well, we agree that Jesus Christ knows that out of everybody, this should be the last person that I'm going to chill with. Well, we agree that Zacchaeus wasn't straight. But did Jesus speak to the, the crookedness of Zacchaeus? No, he spoke, about, he spoke to him. 
spoke to him. <laughs> so guess what happened now? So he sees, he sees Zacchaeus. Some people would say, well, Zacchaeus, listen, it wasn't that he was just too short. It's just nobody wanted him to come close to them because of his, his so teeth. And so he had to run ahead because really and truly, nobody don't like him. He had to go high and to see Jesus. When Jesus interacts with us, even though he knows all of our filth, he yes. speaks to the godness in us. He speaks to our identity and he calls you son. Amen. Now he says to this man who's a thief to the people of Abraham, the sons of Abraham. He speaks to the man who's stealing at the top, who's, who can't even fellowship with, he can't even come to church. Tax collectors couldn't fellowship. They couldn't fellowship. Just like how sometimes when people had the leper, people that had leprosy couldn't fellowship because of their sickness. And so they treated tax collectors as, uh, as outcasts, right? Yeah, it must be. We, we treated tax collectors as outcasts. But guess what? Jesus Christ calls um, tax collectors. Matthew was a tax collector. He was a thief too. Everybody that interacts with Jesus changes. Everybody that interacts with Jesus changes. Now, you could put limitations on yourself, but he doesn't put limitations on you. And when we say we are a prophetic church, we're speaking to the golden people. It takes a gift and a grace of God on your life to see who God really calls someone. He said, Abraham. Exalted father, that's what Abraham named. He said, you would be a father of men, of nations. Out of you will flow nations. Abraham had one problem. Abraham had one problem. He, he wasn't a dad yet. And he was about to be 100 years old. He waited almost 25 years for a promise. But before God's prophetic begin to change in your life, your life begin to change, you need to see yourself as God sees yourself. So before God release your promise, you need to know that you are a son of Abraham. That you're a daughter of Abraham. He said, Abraham, through your seed, not seeds, all nations will be blessed. What is he speaking about? He's speaking about Jesus. I know Israel is precious in God's sight, trust me. But the reason why they were so precious is that he was forming a nation to get them to a position to bring forth the Savior of the world. That is why right now he says, we're neither Greek, nor Jew, nor, nor male, nor female, nor free, nor slave. Nor free. We just new creations in Christ Jesus. And so what God is doing through the prophetic and through the prophetic ministry is that he's using you and me to grab a hold of his heart for someone and say, when I interact with them, even though I know they're crooks, it's on paper. Even though I know the evidence, I'm going to call them higher. Because when I release the word of God over them, it brings them and activates them to grab a hold of that word and to change their destiny. Now, can you imagine what Zacchaeus had to do the next couple of days if he said that he had to give four times? Now, Herbert, you're a businessman. Imagine I am Zacchaeus. And I, 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 I swindle you. I tricked you. And I use your life saving into a scam. You don't want nothing to do with me. And now you're telling your wife that, listen, I can't trust that man. Now she hates me. My whole, your whole family hates me. But I come knocking at the door. And you see me while she's doing the dishes or whatever. And you go on to the door. And your wife says, who was that? He said, you can't believe this. What happened? And you begin to throw the bag of money on the table. Not only did he give me back $100,000, but he gave me back 400000 That's repentance, right? Repentance is a renewed perspective of how God sees you and how now you see others and how you see yourself. 
Repentance is that I used to go this direction and how I used to respond to this circumstance in my life. Now I change my perspective because I see God is good and therefore I am good and therefore I can release goodness in people. And so Zacchaeus was changed. What did Jesus Christ say? Life came to his house. When you release the prophetic, it's a weapon to destroy the works of the devil over somebody's life. Just on Sunday, I was speaking, I was praying for a young lady. I don't know the young lady from Adam. And I just released one word over her. You're a diamond. You're a diamond. I know there's pressures in your life. I know that there's tough things in life. But a diamond is forming the pressure. And it's valuable. And it's a gem that is greater than anything else. And she began to weep. Why? Because we're speaking to that destiny. Now what you need to do is grab a hold of that word now and say, I'm a diamond. Anytime the negative that comes to your bro, I'm a diamond. Anytime Zacchaeus, now people come around, Zacchaeus say, you, you're not saved. You are Zacchaeus, you think because you just paid off the hospice care or gave money to the poor or now you come into Bible study, you save. You, better, you know what Zacchaeus can say? What did Jesus say to me? I'm a son of Abraham. I don't care what people say about me. I've been face to face with Jesus. And you have been face to face because he has highlighted some things in your heart. And yes, it's messy, but he has released grace over that and forgiveness over that. So you have to make a decision whether you're going to believe who you were or who God sees and says you are. That's the prophetic. That is the prophetic. Today, you know, Cayman is small, right? So we got 62,000 people roughly. If it's um, Easter weekend or Christmas, we got 58,000 or 55,000. You know, so it's 60,000 roughly people. And everybody kind of know something about somebody. Amen? That makes it hard to prophesy. Very hard. Especially when you're a, a minister because everybody thinks that they need to come with, with news. I don't want no news, guys. I don't want no news. Don't bring nothing to me. If you want me to pray for you, let me pray for you. Encourage you, encourage you. But I got enough drama. I got to deal with it on a daily basis than other people's foolishness right now. Don't bring no extra sauce. But I saw a lady today. I was in a parking lot. And sometimes when I go meet my friend, I park in the person parking lot. But every time I park in the person parking space, they show up, no matter what time. I mean, this is like the fifth time I've done this. And they show up like within a minute or half a minute after I park. I'm like, no, you got to be kidding me. So I pull out, right? And the person comes beside me and says, Felix, you always doing this? And I said, but you always show it up. And I said, pull over. I need to pray for you. Something I got to do. Lord, I don't know what to do. So I park my car. I was talking to my friend. And I hold, hold a person high. It was a lady. And I hold a person high. I said, give me a second. You got a word. And God gave me a word, leaf. And I said, behind leaves supposed to be fruit. And I said, there's, there's things that covering you and that, that you may think is negative and stuff, but there's fruit that God is doing in that tough time. When Jesus saw the fig tree, he cursed the fig tree because he said, the leaves are there. All the evidence of fruit should be there, but there's no fruit. Then he cursed it. But we're New Testament prophets. We operate and we speak life. We call things to being even though they weren't. We call those things, we call life to dry bones. And when I released that word, it just took over the woman like, wow, thank you. And you and I are called into encounters with that. The other day when we were at church and I was asking people for a word, what, what does God's goodness look like for you? What is God saying to you? We closed our eyes for like a minute or two. Nobody wanted to say anything because they were a little shy, right? But one lady over here, she said, God is telling me that I am worthy. Wow. You know what I did? I gave her a Simboko gift certificate. 
Because we have to show people tangible goodness too, right? And so what, what, what our word was so important to her because she needed to know that she is worthy. You are a daughter of the Most High God. Of course you're valuable. Of course I got you. Of course I'm thinking about you. I'm working all things out for your good. If it's not good right now, hold on because it's going to get good soon because I, I work all things out for the good for those that love me and I call according to my purpose. And so I released that word. Now some of the young people I wanted, I never had a word for really that much people. And when I shook one young man's hand, I just released God to me tell you that you're ambitious. Now, I can see all the negative things on him. I could see that potentially he might be smoking weed. I know his backstory. I know that his dad and his mom are not together. I know his mom just got a new baby. I know all these different stuff because we live in a small society. But am I going to speak to that? Or am I going to speak to what God said to speak to? You're ambitious, young man. You can work hard. You, you, you're going somewhere. Because every one of you are here because somebody released an opposite word from what the enemy was saying. I am here because somebody like Richard continued to pursue and say, Boy, Felix, I can't give up on you, you know. But he know my mess. I can't give up on you, Felix. God called you to good things. God called you to great things. Or to my friend Trisha who would text me through Facebook and say, Listen, um, Felix, I don't know what's going on with you, but the Lord has released this to you. Wow, I needed that too. That was the prophetic operator in my life. So when we operate in the prophetic, God might give us, we might walk into a place and we might get a feeling or a sense or a vision of something negative. Let me give you an example. I had a dream that somebody that I know from this church, her and her friend, we were over at the room table and she began to fraud up, like fraud, right? Like manifest, demonic or something. And I went over to pray for her and she looked at me and she said, you're believing a lie. She said that to me. Now, I can call that lady up, and I can say, hey, are you okay? Whatever, whatever. But I ask God for discernment. Like, God, what is this? Is this for this person, or this is for me? You know who it was for? For me. Because that day, and I told my core team, I didn't tell them the fullness of the dream, obviously, and whatever. But I said, guys, I felt super discouraged. Super discouraged. Super, I mean, discouraged? Boy, don't talk to me. I even texted Dorothy like 45 minutes before I had a dream because I took a nap in the day. I said, Dorothy, I'm really in a funk right now and I don't know what's happening. And God gave me a dream to tell me, you're believing a lie. And the minute I come out of that dream, I was delivered from that lie. I was happy again. I was like, let's go running. Let's go do something, right? But that's the prophetic, right? Because we wage war, not, not, not physically, but spiritually. And what the prophetic does is that it removes all those negative, harmful things if we just release it over people. And so my challenge to you today, begin to look at this book called the Bible. Begin to ask God this prayer. God, give me a heart. Just give me a heart for people. Because I want to release your heart towards others. Jesus, the Word of God says that you are the very image of the invisible God. How did you interact with people? Even though people sinned before them, what did you say? Neither do I condemn you. Wow. Amen. You saw Zacchaeus, and even though he's a crook, you said, Zacchaeus, boy, great to come into your house. You got, you got such beautiful decor. Man, that, that rose before nice. And, and you begin to minister to him. And without saying to his sin, he got the presence of God in his house, and it changed him forever. Compassion. Yeah, and so what I would encourage you to do is that as God begins to bring people in your life, see them as God sees them. Because I could, I could, I can, I can, I can just, I can make, I can make enemies real quick. 
You can make enemies real quick, and we could keep enemies, or we're going to rise above. Are we going to say, you know what? I know I have conflict with this person, but I'm going to release the honoring <clears throat> word over this person. Like what, like what um, Vanessa said. You know, God, this spirit of Elijah, reconciliation, that's the spirit of prophecy in this place. And look at that. Boom. It's changed. Because we release a word. The Bible says, in the beginning, the heavens were like void and all that different stuff. But then God <clears throat> said, let there be light. Your words, you build the world that you have right now because of your words. Everything in your life that is in there, good or bad, you thought about it and you released it. So how are you going to change it? If you build negative things in your life with your words, tear it down with your own words, with life. You got to give Jesus something to work with. The enemy works with your word too, you know. So when we release that word, that prophetic word over our life and over those people, it's like the whole heavenly realm come to break that word, be established. And now heaven fights for that word to be established because you know what? It lines up with God's heart for you and for that person. So I don't know what you guys are going through right now. But I can't, I, when I refuse to, to, to make you come in here with any condemnation and leave with it. I refuse to make you come in here with any despair and discouragement and leave with it. And so I just want to release a couple little words that I felt in my heart um, for you as a corporate body. And um, grab it. If it's yours, grab it. And, and then we're going to do some, um, some activation. So the first word I would say is, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I've made you who you are because you have a gap in this world to fill, and you need to be you. And so I just released that. If, you, if you're struggling, you don't have to raise your hand. If you're struggling with identity issues and beauty, not only just outward beauty, this, this, can just, this don't have to be a woman thing. This could be a man thing too because we struggle with that too, trust me. God said, I made you. I woven you together. I breathe life into you and you're beautiful. That's the first word. I release beauty. I release beauty and I release beauty over ashes. Or if you have tough situations in your life, that the same pie and up negative and negative. I just break it now in Jesus' name and I release beauty. But God began to release beauty. The next word I, I kind of sense was like transformation. Like I just get an image of like butterflies. I get an image of like butterflies that, 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 that you're going through a period that is just transforming you into something new. Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we're, that we're new creations. That word new, never been made before. You, the, the born again Hebert, never been made before. It wasn't there before. And so I just release transformation in this place. I just release it. I see it. I sense it. I just see butterflies. I just see a lot of butterflies. And I just release that Lord transformation in this house. Whoever needs it right now. Um, I just also like, I just, I just release a yoke. Release the yoke. Like some of us are bound up to spirit of heaviness and like things that we yoke you know um you know the oxen would be tied up to things and to the plow and i just feel like god god don't want you tie up to negativity he don't want you tie up to dead things he want to break that yoke those things in your life that that does not represent him that not represent life and he wants to remove you from that so i just declare right now um, just like Elisha, when Elisha saw Elijah calling him, the Lord is telling me to tell you that, you know, that you can't take this yoke where God wants you to go. You can't take this baggage. You ever try to run through the airport with a lot of baggage? You can't. You missed the flight, right? Right, Uncle Don? 
You can't, you got parked late with God carrying you. You can't, you can't bring regret. You can't bring shame. You can't bring guilt. You can't bring those things. You can't put those extra things. One, one carry on you could have, and that's hope. Because if you have hope, you can accomplish everything. Because hope is the byproduct of faith. And faith is a byproduct of hope. And so I just released that right now, that, that the yoke will be removed. The next one is that I had a couple of dreams, and I'm going to just release this. Um, well, you got part of that dream. The Lord, I'm going to receive it. I had a dream that a pile of money was just coming into my hands. I was dancing. I was so happy that when, um, when I was getting a pile of money, and people were behind me in the bank were like, he's so foolish, but I had my pile of money. So I just released supernatural provision based on your testimony, um, um, Brother James, based on, 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 on the promotion that, that Richard is basing. I just released supernatural provision. I just released jobs open up, like divine favor. I just released the treasure of heaven over you, that where you think there might be lack, God has supernatural provision for you. I bless this church corporately, and I bless you guys individually with that bag of money that I saw. Lord, I just release it in them. The next thing I saw was, um, I just feel like some of you guys are going to be used to do great evangelism. Like, I feel like there's an evangelistic anointing on some of you. I don't know who it is, and if that's you, I want to pray for you specifically, but I had a dream where there was a tough period, and it wasn't me in the dream, but it was a tough, challenging time. And when you got through the tough, challenging time, you went fishing. And when you cast your line, it went far, it went far, it went far, it went far. And when it dropped, you, you could see the fish coming in from afar. You could see the fish coming in. I mean, it's like one line, but catch benefit fish. And you could even, you needed help to pull it into the shore. And so I just released, I don't know who this for, but I just believe that um, just like in the Bible, when, when Jesus called the fishermen, they were tired, they were weary, they, they were given up. Um, and they were discouraged, they were cleaning their nets. And Jesus is calling you right now to say, come, let's go deeper. And God is, I just released deepness in you because God, you can't, you can't fish for grunts. Grunts are over. These little small fish no more. You got fish from marlins. Because there's marlins that God wants you to reach. There's wahoos that God wants you. There's big whales, people that have been challenges in mountains that you have an anointing and you have an, a grace for. So those are some words. I'm going to give you one more. Let me just think about it. Um, I just see like a basket of fruit. Like, um, like what, I, what I got was like, like, like you wanted to choose, and, and, and there's like choices. Like what I sense is that there's choices on the table, and God wants you to bite into the basket with his fruit and the fruit of the Spirit. And so the enemy will put a lot of choices out there for us, and they might look good. They might look good. They might even look like it's nice, like we were talking about counterfeit earlier in the barbershop, about counterfeit money and all that stuff. If there's a truth, there's always going to be a counterfeit lie. It's a lie, right? And so I just sense that on the dinner table, some of you guys might have decisions to be made. And from afar, and really, you have to come really close because the enemy tried really hard, but he's a copycat. He can't create anything. And so I just want to encourage you to, to eat the right fruit because that might look good, but they got rotten worms in it. And you don't want that. All right? So that's my word. Let me summarize. Release prophetic in your life. I release and I activate you to hear God. And as you grow in his relationship with you, out of intimacy, we bear fruit because we're connected to divine. we connected to divine. You cannot prophesy, heal the sick, and do all the stuff without you being connected to the Father. You cannot do that. Your number one ministry is to him. And out of your intimacy with him, you flow into your workplace. You flow into your family. But don't try to go after that big old blue marlin without you on the shore talking with him and getting strategy. 
And the next thing is, guys, it takes no genius to see the negative in people. It takes no genius. I could, I could probably go through your laundry list right now. But what good is that? Nothing. Prophecy is to build you up. A lot of people are using prophecy to tear down. But God wants prophecy to be back in the church to build up, to edify, to bring us into our awareness of who we are. Amen? Let's stand, guys. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. What a song name was, Robert, that you wanted to play? My Life is... What a good song. Kurt Franklin. As I get that ready, just begin to open up your hands, guys, and receive from God. Because I just feel like... I feel like we had a lot of ministry tonight and some of the things that I said. I don't know if it's for you. Maybe, you know, write them down. I saw Vanessa um, um, recording it, and I'm going to record this. I have it recorded here in your, in your hands, right? And I just like how we, how we dealt with ministry today. Everybody sang a song. Everybody gave a song. But before we go, I just, I just want to just, just deposit encouragement to you. Just receive encouragement. I just released encouragement over the house, Lord. And just transform mind, Lord. I just, I rebuke every thought that their past is dictating their life. Or their lack in any area is dictating their life. Lord, we are in you and you are in us. And you said in Philippians that you would do exceedingly all of could ask for or even imagine. And you would supply all of our needs according to your riches. So we just release whatever need that may be. It's a tangible need, an intangible need, Father, some an emotional encouragement, um, building up in their faith, whatever it is. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's compassion. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a reconciliation, as, um, as uh, Vanessa talked about. Whatever it is, we just release encouragement and divine provision over this house.